0: Hey living room, it's good to see you. Like Trey said, my name is Kristen. Just out of curiosity, how many of you this is your first time here? Any first-time guests? Awesome. You guys picked a great night to be here. We're in week 1 of a brand new series called Baggage Claim. Now, one of the ways we think about baggages, these suitcases. Does anyone own suitcases this big? Oh gosh, really? That's impressive. Man, you guys, I no joke Looking at suitcases like this makes me cringe. I hate, hate, hate carrying things around with me. I hate it. I, no exaggeration. I am known that when I go on vacation with friends, when I'm packing my bags, I will get the smallest bag possible and then I'll call my friends and I'll say, Who has, who has room in their bag? So I, I don't want to carry it with me. It gets, it gets in the way. When we go out on the weekends, we go to you know festivals. There's a lot of festivals in the spring and summertime around here. And so if we're doing anything outside on the weekends, what I'll do is, true story, what I do is I go and I take my wallet, I take my driver's license out, I take my money, I take my car key, I pull it off my key ring, hide my keys in my car, and I shove it all in my pocket, and then I take my phone and I just stare at my friend's. And someone will go, does that mean you want me to carry that? I'm like, yeah. Because I don't want to carry that stuff. It gets in the way. It's kind of like when you guys go home for vacation, for example, or you or go, home for, go home or you go on vacation, or if you're going on a spring break trip, or how many of you have ever been to Disney World? <laughs> awesome. I love Disneyland. I love Disney World. That's not this message. But... When you go to Disney World, so it's, you, you got it—you either going to drive or you're going to fly. So you're going to pack your bags, right? Well, you're not going to take your suitcase with you on the ride. You're going to dump it off first. You're not going to try to get on the Matterhorn with a suitcase this big. That's crazy. That's dumb. You're going to get rid of it first because it's annoying. It gets in the way. It's kind of like does anyone ever go to the beach for spring break or during the summer, go down to Flo- Florida, Florida, right? To the beach. Yeah. yeah. See. Thank you. So what you're gonna, not going to do is pack your bag and wheel your bag across the sand. That's dumb. You're going to get rid of it first because it gets in the way. Your bag gets in the way. We all know that. We, we don't want to carry stuff around like this. It's like, if you ever tried to carry a bunch of bags? I do this all the time. And then you meet someone for the first time and you can't shake their hand. Or you run into a friend and you try to give them a hug and you can't because all these bags fall off you. They just get in the way. And so that's the first thing, the first thing we can all agree on. Baggage gets in the way. Baggage gets in the way. It just does. But there's another kind of baggage. It's called emotional baggage. It's something we all have. We all have emotional baggage. And just so you know, you can't see yours, but all of us can. We can all see each other's emotional baggage. Emotional baggage is the stuff that comes with us wherever we go. We cannot get rid of it. It comes with us to school. It comes with us home. It comes with us to class. It comes with us when we interact with our roommates, with our family, when we're interacting with strangers or new experiences. It's, it's the patterns of behavior that we have that we go, man, why would I do that again? I did that again? That's emotional baggage. It's the thing that, that just makes us go, oh, why do I keep doing that? Man, that's what emotional baggage is. And let me pause for a second. I just have to point out the obvious. Well, it is to me, and it's going to be to you in a minute. Men and women view this topic a little bit differently. We have a little bit different awareness when it comes to emotional baggage, and it kind of goes something like this. If you use the example of packing bags, this is what men do when they think about this whole idea of emotional baggage. This is what men do. They think... I don't have that much. I'm going to put it all on a carry-on. It's all going to fit in my carry-on bag. I'm going to get on the airplane. I don't care how big this carry-on is. I'm It's going to fit. I'm going to get on that plane. I'm going to open the overhead compartment. I'm going to shove it. It's going to fit. I'm going to shove it in there. A flight attendant happens to be a woman starts to walk down the aisle. I'm sorry, sir. That's not going to fit. No, no, no. It is going to fit. And... And she goes, I'm sorry, sir, your bag is not going to fit. He turns to look at her and goes, she thinks I'm cute. (laughs) That's what men do. Or they take their carry-on bag and they go, it is going to fit. It is going to fit. It will fit. And they are shoving it in there and they are moving stuff out of the way and they're doing everything. This is all I have. This is plenty of space, plenty of space. It's going to fit. They finally get it in there. Sit down, watch Netflix, take a nap, read a book, listen to music. Flight ends get off. They leave their bag. They forgot. They forgot. Women, on the other hand, this is what we do. We go and we take four suitcases at least this big. We shove it all in there, and if it doesn't fit, then we'll go and we'll buy another one because you never know what you might need. (laughs) So we approach the topic very differently. One is not right. One is not wrong. We just do it differently. And it doesn't mean that some have more emotional baggage and some have less. We all have the same. We just approach it differently. So it's important for us to know, like, none of us are exempt from this thing called baggage. But just so we're all on the same page, let's just define what baggage is so we all know, hey, where does this even come from? So baggage is this. Current issues, right? Current issues caused by past events or environments. Current issues caused by past events or environments. How many of you know someone who has issues? Everyone should raise their hand. You're probably sitting next to someone with issues. That's just the reality. You have issues. We all have issues, okay? So we get that. Here's another way of looking at it. History is what happens in our lives in the past, okay? So history's already happened, but baggage is our response to it. History is something that's already happened, but baggage is our response to it. So it's not that, uh, you know what these things that have happened, these events and environments are bad, it's that how we've responded to it, it's created patterns of behavior in ways that we're relating to people that have just, um, they've just affected what we're doing. They get in the way. Here's another example of what baggage looks like in someone's life. Has anyone ever seen, the, has anyone ever seen the movie Moneyball? Or heard of the movie Moneyball? It's a baseball movie. Let me tell you about it. It's awesome. If you haven't seen it, go see it. But, okay, so... Moneyball is about an, a baseball team. It's the Oakland A's, near and dear to my heart. The team that I grew up watching as a kid. We went to that's them from California. But the Oakland A's. So this was years and years and years ago. Baseball team. They were having a losing season, awful, awful, awful season. So the manager said, "We've got to do something." He's about ready to lose his job. So he said, "We need to figure out how do we recruit differently. How do we get different people on the team?" So they start reviewing footage of Double A teams, Double A is minor league baseball for all you people who like, what is Double A? Minor league baseball. So it's common for major league baseball teams to review footage and, and to recruit and scout players from the minor leagues to see, okay, we've got to do something differently. So this is what the manager of the Oakland A's was doing. He's going through film, and he is trying to find who in the world are we going to get on our team to make us win. So they find this footage of this guy. His name's Jeremy. And they find footage, and it's game footage. She's minor league baseball. And Jeremy was someone who was known to maybe get on first base. Maybe that was his reputation. Everyone knew that Jeremy was only going to be able to get on first base if you're lucky. They told him that. That's what he believed about himself. And part of the reason why is Jeremy was really overweight. And you just can't. I mean, we all know you just can't be overla- overweight to be a baseball player. You're not going to be able to run the bases. So they're watching this footage of Jeremy and game footage. He hits it and he runs to first base. He actually makes it, but when he gets to first base, he trips. So the crowd is yelling and screaming, and they're sitting there watching this footage. And here's Jeremy on his face. I mean, this is a true story. He's on his face after first base, and all of a sudden the first base coach comes up and you see him yelling to Jeremy. He's like, "Get up, get up!" But get and Jeremy's just laying there flat. He's just laying there. And then all of a sudden, the opposing team, I mean, the crowd is going crazy. You can hear it in the footage. So then the the first baseman, opposing team, he walks over to Jeremy and he goes, Dude, you just hit a home run. You sailed at 60 feet across the back wall. Get up and run the bases. (laughs) That's the thing that baggage does. Because he had convinced himself, because of past events, his past environments, that he would never be able to get past first base. So it never even occurred to him to try. It never occurred to him to try. And here's this guy, he hit 60 feet past the back fence, and he was laying on his face at first base. Never even knew. That's what baggage does. It affects every part of our life. It affects environments that we go in. It affects how we relate to people. It affects your job, your school, your class, how you think about yourself, how you think about God. There is nothing that baggage doesn't affect. And, there's, and it comes with you everywhere you go. Baggage gets in the way. Baggage gets in the way. And that is such a good example. But here's what I want you to remember before we go any further. Here's what I'm not saying this is what I'm not saying about baggage. Baggage doesn't make bad people, okay? So do not walk out of here and think I'm saying that. Baggage does not make bad people. Baggage makes bad relationships. Baggage makes bad relationships. It affects every single relationship, especially dating relationships, especially friendships, especially family relationships. And I know that as a college student, you kind of view this topic in terms of dating relationships and, you know, decisions you've made with people you've dated or people you've been involved with. And you think, there's my baggage. And you're right. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. It affects every single relationship currently and in the future if we don't figure out what to do with it. So here's the question. And here's where we're going for these three weeks. We want you to figure this out now because it will change your life. And so, first thing we need to know is where does our baggage even come from? Where does our baggage even come from? Two places. Two main places. The first one is this. Our baggage comes from events. Baggage comes from events. Now, events could be a decision that you've made in the past. An event could be something that's You stole something that you cheated on, something that you did while under the influence. It could be something that someone said to you. It could be someone who walked out on you. It could be someone or some people you slept with. It could be that thing that you hope no one knows that you did. It could be that thing that you're afraid of anyone finding out and so you're a little bit on edge with every new person you meet and every new place you go to. Those are all events. It's either something you've done or it's something that's been done to you but those are events, and they affect you, and they create baggage. Events create baggage. And it's not so much that events all by itself were bad. That's not it. But you've, because of those events, you've all responded to whatever was said to you, whatever you did, whatever decision you made. You've all responded in such a way that causes you to think differently or causes you to interact with people differently differently. And that's where the baggage came from. It's not so much that that's bad, but it is how you've responded to those events. Second place that baggage comes from is this, environments. Baggage comes from environments. Some of this is just the harsh reality of life. We don't have any, don't have any control over environments. We don't have any control over environments. Environments are the school you went to, the family you were raised in, the neighborhood you grew up in, the church you went to. You can't change that. But all those environments, what they did is they created a value or a system or a pattern of behavior in you, and you don't even realize it, but now you're interacting with people because of these environments. And it's not that events and environments are bad. It's not it. It's that they've created a response in you that's now given you this weight that you're carrying into every single relationship currently and in the future if you don't figure this out. Because it's not that they're bad, which I'm saying that over and over on purpose, but it's our response to them that's bad. It's our response to them that's bad. And they've given us this weight that we now carry around as baggage. And so you might be thinking, what what do you mean this weight? So for example, here's what this would look like. Think of these events. An event could be your dad walked out on you. Your dad walked out on you when you were young, and that's a weight. And so now you have a hard time trusting that everyone else won't walk out on you. You have a hard time getting close to people because you think, can I really trust them? Can I really believe that they're going to be there for me? And so you're a little bit hesitant. You're a little standoffish in relationships. You're afraid to get too close to people because you don't know, will they walk out on me too? Because that was an event. And it's affected your relationship. And it's heavy and it's a weight. And you carry it into every relationship. The second event is this. Someone said something to you. Someone said something to you. They said you were unattractive. They said you would never amount to anything. They said that you were dumb. And when they said that to you, then you thought, I guess they're right. And so now what that's done is that's created in you this lack of self confidence and you feel a little bit unsure of yourself all the time and you wonder, gosh, what are they really thinking about me? And so you feel like you need to hide and you feel like sometimes when you meet new people, you're afraid you don't want to because you're wondering, what are they really going to think of me? Or you're thinking, gosh, they're not really going to be my friends. So I don't even want to try. Or what that also does to you when someone says something to you is I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. They're, they're, they're just going to think that I'm dumb like everyone else. And it prevents you from really trying in relationships. You don't look people in the eye. And it's heavy and it's a weight. And you carry that into every single relationship. Another event is you feel guilty. You've, you made a decision, and you feel guilty about it. And it could be in a dating relationship, someone you slept with, someone you got involved with, and you feel g- guilty. And you feel like, I'm never going to deserve anything better because of what I did, so I might as well just keep on settling. And you carry that weight, and you compromise. You carry that weight into every single relationship And it's heavy. And you think, I guess that's as good as it's going to get. And so all these things in you now have created this baggage that weighs something. And now there's some weight to it. And it's heavy. And you're carrying it everywhere you go. The other thing is environments. You grew up in an angry environment. You grew up in anger where no one ever talked about their feelings and no one was, people were afraid of their emotions, and so now you just lash out. It's why you flip out at the weirdest things. Someone borrows your shirt or someone leaves dishes in the sink one time. Someone takes the last of the Chick-fil-A sauce. I might give you that one. You can be mad about that one. But the other thing, that's crazy. That's crazy. Unless you leave dishes in the sink multiple times, then I will also give you that one because I might flip out on that one. But it's why you're just, you just overreact to things. You just overreact to things. Everyone knows, man, they're just going to get, that person's just going to get mad. So people are afraid to be honest with you. They have no idea if you're going to flip out on them or not. Because you had this environment that was just, no one ever talked to, about anything honest. And, and all you ever saw modeled to you was just, was anger. And it's affected you, and now you relate to people like that. And it's a weight, and you carry that everywhere you go. And it could be why some of you have gotten fired from jobs overreaction because of anger and it's heavy. The other one is, you know, an unstable family. A lot of us had unstable families. I had an unstable family. And so what it does is it just rocks your sense of security and it affects even your relationship with God because you think, gosh, If my family life was so unstable, then how can I trust that Christians are going to be any different? How can I trust that God is going to be any different? And so you just feel on edge all the time, and you feel like you're always out of control, and you feel like you can't trust anyone, and it affects you. It affects you. You never get a chance to get to know anyone or to ever believe that anyone's telling the truth. And it's a weight that you carry around. And the last one is performance. Some of you grew up in a performance environment where you were told that performance matters, and you have to achieve. And if you don't achieve, then you're not good enough. And you could never measure up to that. You could never measure up to that. And so then you figured, well, then I, I, why am I, I, I'm a failure all the time. I'm a failure all the time. And you carry that into everything you do, and you sabotage yourself when you try new things because you think you're just going to fail. The opposite of that is, You were in this performance environment and they told you that you were awesome, that you were the best. And so you walk out of here and you think, I am the best and no one is as good as me. And you look down at everyone else and say, no one wants to be your friend because no one can relate to someone who's perfect. That's crazy. But you think you're perfect because everyone told you you were perfect. But that's a weight now that you carry into your relationships and it prevents you from fully interacting with people. See, all these things, these events and these environments, now you have this weight and it's heavy. And you have to carry it around everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, you've got to carry that. But what if there was a different way? What if that was how you didn't have to live? What if there was an alternative? What if there was some other way for you to live outside of this? Wouldn't you want to take it? And Jesus says that there is. And I just want you to look at something real quick. John 10.10 10 says this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Let me read it again. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus is talking, and let me give you some context here. So when, he, when Jesus uses the metaphor of the thief, what he's, he's using it to, to paint a picture of there are people in your life who want to rob you of security, who want to rob you of stability. They are lying to you. They want to shake your confidence. They want to do whatever they can to take you out of the game. That's what he's talking about. They, they've come to destroy you. So watch out. They want to question how you, see about, how you feel about yourself. They want to question how you feel about God. So watch out for them. But Jesus says, but look, but I have come to do something different. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And you might think of the word full and go, mm, awesome. That's like how I feel after a big meal. Which I get that. Okay, I get that. And it's not because, and I, I don't want you to think, oh, that sounds dumb, boring. It's not because God is boring. It's not because the Bible is boring. It's because our English language is boring. What Jesus is literally saying is that I have come to give you life that will go beyond your wildest dreams. I have come to give you life that goes beyond anything that you could ever imagine. I have come to give you life that goes beyond the status quo. I have come to give you life that is baggage-free. I have come to give you a baggage-free life. And the thief wants to weigh you down with that baggage. Your baggage wants to steal and kill and destroy you and prevent you from living this kind of life. It gets in the way and it harms you. And Jesus says... You don't need to live like that because I have come to give you a different kind of life, one that will go beyond your wildest dreams if you will just trust me and give it a shot. But instead, you know what we do? We try to manage. We try to manage. We say, that's great. Awesome. I'm going to manage my baggage instead. So what we do. We try to manage our baggage. How do we do it? We minimize it. We say, no big deal. No big deal. It's not affecting me. It's not affecting anyone else. You might want to think twice about that. Ask your neighbor. They'll tell you how it's affecting them. We say, no big deal. We do this with our baggage. We medicate it. We try to numb it. When it, we start to feel it, what we do is we, we go shopping, we exercise, sex, food, alcohol, Netflix, porn, video games, anything to numb it because we don't want to feel it. But it's temporary, and you got to keep doing it. Third thing we do to try to take care of our baggage is we muscle through it. These are type A people. These are people who say, I can do anything, I can control anything, I can do anything. I I, I don't need anyone's help. I can take care of this on my own. And so we just try to muscle our way through our baggage. Fourth one is this we maximize it. We maximize it. We say, eh, it's me. It's just all me. I'm just going to own it. And I'm a victim. I'm going to throw myself a pity party. I'm going to blame all you all. It's your fault, it's not mine. That's what, that's what we do. And there are other ways, but these are four pretty big ways. And here's the thing with all of this stuff. If that's what you're doing, then I want you to hear me very clear. This is really important to me, so don't miss out on this. That is a sellout. That is a sellout. If that's what you're doing and trying to get through life trying to manage your way through baggage? What in the world? You need to hear something. You have been created on purpose for a purpose. You are not an accident, a mistake, or a surprise. And God has things for you to do that only you can do. And if you insist on not dealing with all this stuff and ignoring it, or maximizing it or minimizing it, it will prevent you from living the life beyond your wildest dreams that God has planned for you to live because your baggage wants to steal and kill and destroy you. Why on earth would you choose to live like that when there's another way? Because here's what I know about some of you sitting in here. You are 20, you are 21, and you have big dreams for your life. You have huge dreams for your life. And something has happened, an event or environment has caused you to respond in such a way to say, it won't happen to me. Things like that don't happen for me. You don't know how I grew up. It won't happen for me. So you're not even going to try. You are not even going to try. And yet you have that dream. Others of you in here think, I don't have any dreams. That's weird. I don't have any dreams. Because you have responded to an event or an environment in such a way that says, people like me don't get to dream big things like that. You don't know how I grew up or where I'm from. That's not an option for me. So why would I even try? And I'm telling you, there is a different way to respond. There is a different way to respond. God has a plan for you, and if you don't take care of your baggage, it is going to take care of you. So how do we respond? This is what we're going to start to... Wrap it up here, because I want you to come back for the next two weeks. This is a three-week series on purpose, but for now, what do we even do? How do we respond? Well, first of all, look at Hebrews. I want you to see a passage in Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And we'll stop right there. Go back to the first part of it. I want you to pay attention to this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, in other words, people have already gotten this right. People have already gone before you. They've gotten it right. It's possible for them. It's possible for you. That's all you need to know about that. People have already gotten it right, so you can too. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So here's what was happening in this time period because it's super interesting, and it brings us to light So during the time that it was written, foot races, like road races, were huge, huge, huge sport. It was equivalent to our Olympics. Everyone would gather into these giant coliseums, these stadiums, and people would sit all on the sides of the arena, and they would watch the athletes come in for these road races. And it was a huge spectator sport. Athletes would come in, and they'd have these crowns around their head, they'd be weighed down with these garlands, and they'd have these long, flowy robes. And the robes well, they wouldn't work for very long because they would, they would get all tangled up in them, and they would trip on them, and so they would have to take them off. They'd take all the stuff off before the race. And so when, when the author says, let us throw off everything that hinders us, what he's saying is you, got, like, you will get tangled up if you don't. You cannot run your race. You cannot do this thing called life if you don't take off this weight. If you don't take off the things that are weighing you down, it will trip you up. It will get in the way. It will prevent you from running the race that God has for you. It prevent you from living the life beyond your wildest dreams. You have to make a choice to deal with it. And if you don't make a choice to deal with it, it's going to deal with you. So either way you're making a choice. You, are, you might as well make one in, in, in this direction and not in that direction. Because you're making a choice either way. If you make a choice to not take care of your baggage, then you're making the choice to let it affect you. So you need to know that. You're making a choice either way. So what's our response? Where do we go from here? Here's how we start. Number one is this. Be honest with yourself. Just be honest with yourself. Just be honest. Say, hey, there's stuff in my life that I, that I need to pay attention to that. I just need to acknowledge that maybe how I'm relating and operating isn't isn't normal. Because... Maybe I should ask start asking questions and figure out what do I do with that? Once you're honest with yourself, then number two, it gets a little bit easier and it's be honest with other people. That's why we plug small groups so much here. And I get that some of you are in a small group, but you have to be willing to be honest with other people. And you have to be willing to invite other people into your life and to ask for help. You have to be willing to say, hey, here's what I'm experiencing, here's what I'm thinking and feeling. You've got to give me some perspective on this. You have to be honest with other people. This is going to sound dumb, but I do this on a weekly basis. I do this on a weekly basis. And it, for me, this is what it looks like. I will call up someone or I'll talk to them in person, and I will say, hey, here's a situation that happened. Here's how I'm reacting. I need, I need you to tell me, am I right or not? Here's what I'm making up in my head about what's going on. I just need you because you're outside of my world to help me. I do this all the time because I have baggage too that I have to deal with and I have to unpack and put it in its place and its place is not in my life it's not in your life so be honest with people be honest with yourself if you hear nothing else then hear this tonight if you don't deal with your baggage your baggage will deal with you if you don't deal with your baggage your baggage gonna deal with you so why don't you just make a choice make a choice to start figuring this out now. You have an opportunity as a 19, 20, and 21-year-old to figure this out that I didn't when I was your age. I damaged a lot of people and left a lot of people in the wake of relationships because I did not get this when I was your age. You have an opportunity to start now. Let me pray for us. God, I am so grateful that you are true and that you are good I am so grateful that you care about our lives, that you know our stories, that you know what we're thinking, and what we're feeling. God, and I pray for every single person sitting in this room, God, I pray that they would have confidence and courage to know that you care about their lives, you care about their past and you care about their current and future relationships. So, Jesus, I pray that right now, whatever the next step looks like for every single person sitting in this room, that they would be bold enough to take it. God, I pray that they would have courage to say, I need help. And God, I pray that this would change their lives because they're willing to to walk in truth and to not walk in the weight of their baggage anymore. So God, we are grateful that you love us and that you care so much about each of us. And We pray this in your son's name.